To God be the glory. Come on, put those hands together. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to, before I even start out, Pastor Omar Johnson is here. He's one of our pastors at Calvario Church. Stand up, bro. Come on, clap it up, Pastor Omar. Amen, amen. We're just so excited. Not only is Pastor Omar here, but my family is here. I got my mother, my sisters, my brothers, my niece, my nephews, all of the Mejias. Please stand. All the Mejias. Come on, come on. In the back, we got a few. Amen. Amen, amen. I'm blessed. I'm excited to be here today with you all, just celebrating what God is doing. Can somebody, can somebody declare that God is good? Somebody say amen to that? Amen. It's been seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. We started with the first service I had was with my five, five members of my family in my house. I'll never forget that meeting. We had one of the hardest conversations I had. And I would put the picture, but none, me and none of my boys have t-shirts on, so we can't do it. So we were all naked from here up, so we can't show that picture. But we were in my living room, the five of us, my wife and my three kids. And I told them, the Lord told us that he wants us to start something different. I was the first gathering. Second gathering was 38 of us in my living room. Some of us, most of them are still here. The third gathering was at a church called El Shaddai who loaned us the building to have our pre-opening service. The fourth gathering was at the Hope Center before we moved to the, to the school. The fifth gathering was at OHS. The sixth gathering was virtually online and through La Cosecha that we was recording over there. And this is our seventh gathering these past seven years. And God has been faithful. Throughout the course of these seven years, God has allowed us to plant churches, lead pastors, 29 churches across the country to the glory of God. Over 5,000 decisions for Christ. When I look at you all here today, all I can say is to God be the glory. To God be the glory. And so with that in mind, we're celebrating seven years. We're celebrating the goodness of the Lord. But let us give God glory. Even if it's just one time, I know it's hot and I know we're tired and I know we're hungry and we, we made a reservation at Carabas, but, but, but can we just give God the glory one time for all he has done? For all he has done.
both hands together. Amen. If you were here, if you've been with us since 2015, raise your hand. Keep it up. 2016, raise your hand. Keep it up. 2017, raise your hand. 2018, raise your hand. 2019, raise your hand. 2020, hello COVID, raise your hand. 2021, 2022. Amen. To God be the glory. Every year, every year we were growing. Every year we grew. To God be the glory. Amen. You may be seated. Go with me to the book of Judges chapter 16. And I got, I promise I, they put 18 minutes on the clock and I'm going to do my best to keep in that time frame. But as you find and look for Judges chapter 16, I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them, don't lose your vision. Tell them, don't lose your vision. Don't lose your vision. Yesterday, we had a wonderful time with the leadership of the church. We had a, a glorious day from 1 to, to like about 3, 4 o'clock where God spoke to the leadership of this house. He imparted us. He reminded us of some things and... We left yesterday with perspective and with direction. And today, my sermon today is more of an encouragement and also a reminder of us not losing vision and focus of what God has placed in our hearts. In Judges chapter 16, I'm going to read a story of a man named Samson, which by the way, the name Samson means to shine, one who shines, one who illuminates, one who is brilliant in expression yet something happened in his life that the enemy was after the shine the enemy was after the brightness he was after his purpose and by the time you get to chapter 16 we find the man who lost he he lost the anointing he lost the anointing and he finds himself in a crisis. He finds himself without eyes. They gorged his, his eyes out. He found himself with a horrible haircut. They cut his hair. And he is grinding in the, on the mill. And at that point, when it, where, where it, when it looked like everything was about to capitulate, Verse 25 and 30 gives us hope. It says, while they were in high spirits, the Philistines, they shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. And so they called Samson out of prison and he performed for them. And when they stood among the pillars and they stood him before the pillars and Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. And now the temple was crowded with men and women. All of the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform, mocking him. 
And then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please God, strengthen me just once more. And let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines. Look what he says. For my two eyes. He wants revenge, not for the betrayal. He wants revenge because they took his vision. Give me revenge for my two eyes. And then Samson reached towards the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them. His right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And then he pushed with all of his might. Listen, it's going to take work for us to get the victory. And down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. And thus he killed much more when he died than when he lived. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, don't lose your vision. Don't lose your vision. Come on. Come on. Seven fears. Look at seven people. Tell them, don't lose your vision. Come on. Seven. Seven. Touch seven. Tell them, don't lose your vision. Unfortunately, the reality is that there are people in this room that have eyes but cannot see. There are people in this room that have beautiful eyes, hazel, blue, green, contacts. Hello. But you can't see. And today my assignment as we continue to move forward into the seventh year of victory, undergoing what God has for us in the eighth year, God wants me to remind, I need everybody here. And when I say here, I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about in spirit. Because this message is prophetic to the entire church. It's prophetic. It's an in-season word. Because I believe that God wants us to regain our vision and our focus once again. I believe that God is calling us to get our eyes right because of the prize that lies ahead of us. Listen to me, church. God wants to restore vision in some of us this morning. This is why when you look at the prophet Jeremiah, he tells the people of Israel on behalf of the Lord. He says this in chapter 5 and verse 21. He says, hear this, you foolish and senseless people who have eyes but do not see. Who have ears but do not hear. And the Lord is charging us in 2022 as we endeavor to move forward. The Lord is encouraging us today, reminding us the importance to keep our vision right because of where God is going. And because where we are going as a church. Now understand that there's a difference between being born blind and becoming blind. There are people who, unfortunately, when they're born, for whatever reason, they're born with, with a handicap called blindness. But then there are people that lived life able to see, able to visualize things. But because of, call it an accident, call it diabetes, call it whatever, they no longer have the capacity to see. So I want to speak to the church today. These past seven years, I need to ask you, how's your vision since you first came to this house? How's your vision since you first came to the church? Is your vision 2020? Or the things and the challenges of life has called you to lose sight and vision of where God wants to take us for his glory. 
How's your vision? How's your sight? Where do you see yourself in light of where God is taking us as a church? Because my friend in church, if we lose sight of where God is taking us, and when I say us, I'm talking about you and me. If we lose sight of where God is taking us, we might lose everything God has for us. But God's desire for us today is do not lose vision. Do not lose focus. For if you think new birth, that what we've experienced these past seven years is awesome, we are only at the cusp of experiencing the better, greater, and bigger things God has for us. But you cannot lose focus. And you cannot lose your vision. So there are those that are born blind. But that's not the case with Samson. Samson was born with vision. As a matter of fact, before he was born, there was a vision laid out for him. Before he was born, there was a purpose laid out for him. Listen to me, church. Before he was born, before he has eyes, Samson had vision. While he was still in the feet as a fetus in his mother's womb, there was, because vision is purpose. Vision is purpose. If you have purpose, you have vision. Purpose opens your eyes to see where you're going. And let me submit to you, new birth, God has a purpose for this church. And God has a vision for this church. And in the middle of our journey, we cannot allow the situations of life to cause us lose sight of the purpose God has for us. Samson had vision before he had sight. And down the story, y'all know the story. Whether you've been in church or not, everybody here knows the story of Samson. He lost his eyes. But one thing Samson never lost was he didn't lose his vision. He lost, they gorged his eyes out. And let me submit to you, church, the enemy is after your vision. Because he knows if he causes you to lose sight of God's purpose for your life, you will be wandering and making foolish decisions outside of the purpose and the will of God. Listen to me. This is prophetic. We cannot allow the challenges and the distractions and the concerns and the negativity and everything that's happening to make us lose focus of the vision and the purpose that God has for us. Because once we do that and we start focusing on people and start focusing on things and start focusing on what they did to me and start focusing on who left and who didn't go and who's still here and why they're still here and they should be gone. If we start focusing on the wrong things, we're going to lose sight of our vision. But I'm come to submit to you today that the vision for this house will remain and we will continue to be a place of hope. Whether we are in my house with five, 38 in my house, in the church El Shaddai, at the warehouse, at the home center. It doesn't matter our location. As long as we got vision, nothing can stop the church of Jesus Christ to the glory of the Father. Send me church. You cannot allow the enemy to make you cause you to lose your vision. This is why when you look at the Bible, Jesus healed more blind people than any person in the Bible. For Jesus, it was important for us to see. As a matter of fact, when the anointing came upon Jesus, when he read in the book of Luke, the, 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 the scroll of Isaiah, he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me. For what? To open the eyes of the blind. Listen to me, church. We cannot 
allow to lose sight. Satan does not want you to see. Satan doesn't matter. He, he doesn't mind you having eyes as long as you don't see vision. Satan doesn't mind you coming to church as long as you're not connected to the vision of the house. Satan doesn't mind you coming to church and looking at all the, listen, listen, the difference between having vision and having sight. People who have sight, they look at everything wrong that goes in the church. People that have sight, they look at everything that should get better. People that have sight, they always look at, well, the lights is too bright and the sound is too loud and the people come in late and nobody, nah, nah, nah. but when you got vision, vision says, we're going to keep praying till that person gets right. We're going to keep praying till God makes a purpose. When you got vision, you see negatives as a platform for God to fulfill his purpose in your life. That's why don't be intimidated and don't be afraid by how it looks now because when you got vision you can declare the things that are not as though they are to the glory of the Father when you got vision instead of saying the, the cup is half empty you say the cup is half full when you got vision you're saying maybe it's hot in here but soon God's going to give us a building when you got vision you're going to say hey, I had a problem in the parking lot but God's going to make a way when you got vision you look at your crisis as an opportunity for God to get the glory but a person with no vision is a person that will continue to remain where they are. A person with no vision will become stagnant, paralytic, and unable to move forward. But Samson was clear of his mouth. Samson was clear of his purpose. He was clear of his vision. As a matter of fact, his vision was laid out for him before he was born. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah. I didn't say manure. I said Manoah. And Manoah is the father of Samson. The Bible doesn't give us Manoah's wife's name. So let's call her uh, Manny. Let's call her Manny, okay? With an I-E, okay? So nobody has any problems. So the, <laughs> so the angel of the Lord appeared to Sister Manny. And he tells Sister Manny, hey, Sister Manny, you're going to conceive and you're going to bear a child. The problem with Manny is that her womb was not fertile. She was unable to bear children. But when God has a purpose for you, when God has a vision for you, Listen, I, God is not intimidated to look at the sterility of your life. God is not intimidated to look at how things are sterile in your circumstance. God can stand in the middle of a dead womb and tell you to your face, I know biologically it is impossible for you to have a child, but because I know the good plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and plans to lift you up, God can speak life in a dead womb and Mrs. Manny she started believing in her spirit although her body said it can't happen but once you get a word you get vision and once you got vision you can look at the negative and see it positive once you got vision you can look at your family and say my house gonna get saved once you get vision you can look at your body and say I'm gonna be healed in the name of Jesus once you got vision 
You can look at your spouse and say, me and my house will serve the Lord. So I ask you, do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it? Can you see victory in the middle of calamity? Can you see power in the middle of pain? Can you see glory in the middle of heartache? Listen to me. He tells Miss Manny, you're going to have a baby. The angel of the Lord appeared to her. He said, I'm going to open your womb. And I'm going to give you a vision of what's going to come. How many of you guys want God to do it? How many of you guys are believing God for great things? How many of you guys are believing God to do something mighty in your life? Do you see it? Do you see it? I see it. I see it. Things that eyes haven't seen and ears have not heard, nor enter the heart of man. I see it in my spirit. That's what when the devil comes in like a flood. I'm not focusing on the flood. I'm focusing on the fact that the Spirit of God lifts up a standard against it. When you got vision, you can take a licking and keep on ticking. When you got vision, you can smile at your enemies. When you got vision, you can get up from the ashes. When you got vision, you can get up from the feet and say, this can't kill me because God's purpose in my life is greater. listen there was a vision there was a great vision but understand this that when God gives vision which everybody wants he also gives instructions and this is where many of us fail we want God to do the big things in us but God's vision is always conditional God's vision comes with processes God's visions, visions come with a standard so God says, Sister, Sister Manny, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to open your womb, and you're going to have a son, and he's going to deliver my people from the Philistines, and he's going to be a judge. But look what the angel of the Lord tells Mrs. Manny. In chapter 13, verse 5, you will become pregnant, and you will have a son whose head is never to be touched by razor. Because the boy is a Nazarite. Somebody say Nazarite. Dedicated to God from the womb. You're going to get pregnant. I'm going to give you purpose. I'm going to give you a vision. But here is the condition. No, no scissor, no razor should cut the boy's head. Oh God, because he's a Nazarite. Dedicated to God from the womb. And he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the... I want you to see it. There's a deliverer in Samson. But that is incumbent on Mrs. Manny. Hallelujah. Fulfilling the half side of the deal. Listen to me, church. You want your children to be blessed? You want to break some curses in your family? You got to draw the line. You got to make a standard. You can't keep going backwards. Because what God has for you is oh, like God says, the angel says he's going to be a Nazarite. Now understand this, that in the Bible there's, I only see three Nazarites in scripture. The first one is Samson. The second one is prophet Samuel who was a Nazarite and he was a prophet and the third one we see in the book of John Matthew Mark and Luke and his name is John the Baptist all of these three 
her people had the same thing. They made a Nazarite vow. Now understand that being a Nazarite, somebody say, Pastor, take your time. Being a Nazarite wasn't something that only exclusive people can do. Because to become a Nazarite wasn't limited to male and or female. As a matter of fact, when you read Numbers chapter 6 verse 2 through 8, the Bible says, God says, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, there you go, and say to them, when either a man or a woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite to separate himself to the Lord, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar made from wine or strong drink and shall not drink any juices or grapes or eat grapes fresh or dried. Some of us just got eliminated right now. All the days of his separation, he shall not eat that that is produced by the grapevine. Not even the seeds or the skins. Not some days, not Sundays, not when I come to church, but all the days of his vow of separation. Number two, no razor should touch his head until the time is completed for which he separates himself to the Lord. He shall be holy. That's the problem in our days. We want purpose, but we don't want holiness. He shall let the locks of his hair. Somebody say locks, locks, locks. Samson had seven locks of hair. We are celebrating years of anniversary. He shall not let the locks of his hair get cut, but let them grow long. All the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not go near the dead body. Not his mama, not his father, not his girlfriend, not his best best friend, not his home. This is the problem with many of us. We want to be holy, but we want to be engaged. In, uh, he said, no, 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 no. You got to be holy. You got to be separated to God. All the days of his separation, he is to be holy unto the Lord. God says, I got a purpose for you. I got a vision for you. I got a plan for you. I got destiny for you. But you got to make a Nazarite vow. Listen to me, y'all. Now, Samson was anointed to do the work. But he had to remain in covenant with his vow. This is why. Although he broke the vow of an, I feel like preaching right now. Although he broke the vow of a Nazarite, he was still operating in the anointing. Because God gives us the anointing to fulfill the work that we're doing. But sometimes you think that because you're anointed to do what you're doing, that God is in covenant with you. No, God will always fulfill his purpose. Even, listen, listen, listen. God, 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 God is the only God that will fire you and still use you for his glory. He did it to King Saul. God had cut King Saul a long time ago, but he still had him in the palace. So don't confuse anointing with living in purpose because God will give you anointing to do what you do on the altar. But that does not mean that you're living a covenantal vow. I'd rather be in covenant with God. He says, he says, uh, Mrs. Manny, I want you to tell Manoah 
there's a purpose in his life there's a vision in his life but he's got to draw the line he can't drink wine he can't touch the dead and he can't cut his hair because Samson was called to be a judge he was called to be somebody say a judge a judge, a judge, a judge and deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines Samson purpose was to judge Israel out of the hand of slavery Samson was called to judge Israel out of captivity his assignment was to keep the Israelites right on track but you can't keep the people of God on track when you're not on track yourself you cannot see God do in your people what you don't do for God yourself listen to me listen to me the task of a judge listen to me the task of a judge in the Bible was to abstain was to obtain rather justice for the tribes of Israel in the face of their enemies. Number two, to annihilate or drive out their oppressors. And number three, to bring salvation and rest and peace to the land. When God called Samson, he called him as a judge because judges are supposed to uphold the law of God. But Samson was enforcing the law on God's people, yet he was not living the law himself. He broke the Nazarite vow. And everything God told Samson not to do, he did. In Judges 14, 89, God told him, listen, don't touch the dead. You know what Samson does? He touches the dead line. In Judges 14.10, God told him, hey, no drinking. You know what he does? He goes to a banquet. And mom and pop was in the banquet. And he got Sirach. <laughs> DJ Khaled style, devil is a liar. He started drinking, breaking his covenant vow. God told him, don't cut your hair. And he puts his head on the lap of a woman by the name of Delilah. Listen to me, church. I, I, I told you this is prophetic. He, God, God told him, don't drink. And that's what he decided to do. God told him, don't touch the dead thing. And listen, 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 listen. There, there, there's some relationships that are toxic and are death. And you are engaging in dead things. I'm here to, you, 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 if, 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 there's a, if there's a Nazarite vow in your life, you got to draw the line. Listen, I, listen, I'm 51 years old. I lived a little bit of life. And in my 51 years, I got 10 fingers in my hand. And I have enough fingers left over. After I count my friends, I probably have four friends out of 10 fingers. But I'd rather have four godly Nazarite friends than 10 sinners that caused me to... Listen, listen, you got to draw the line. I like you, you like me. But I'm not going to go to wine. I like you, you like me. But I'm not going to touch the dead thing. I like you, you like me. But I'm not going to cut my anointing. Because where were you when my mother couldn't have me? Where were you when I couldn't... Look at your neighbor, tell them, don't lose the anointing, don't lose the anointing, don't lose the anointing, don't lose the anointing. Make a vow. Don't break your vow or you will lose your anointing. Do you know when he lost his anointing? 
when he cut his seven locks of hair. Seven locks of hair. When you go to the 10th commandment, when you go to the 10th commandment, do you know what's the 7th commandment? Thou shall not commit adultery. Listen to me. Listen to me. We cannot be married to God and married to the world and expect God to work on our favor. We cannot be sleeping with two women. We can't sleep with Jesus and sleep with sin. We can't be faithful to God on Sundays and unfaithful to God. That's a spiritual adultery. And once you cut that hair, you fall in the trap of, listen, 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 Linda, listen, Linda. It's time to break that mistress in your life. It's time to do away with sin in your life. It's time to do away with that thing in your life. And remember, year seven is the year of vision. And we're going to see God bring it to pass. I'm done. I'm going to close this. Y'all hungry? So Satan said, I want to stop God's plan in Samson's life. And you know what he does? He gouges his eyes out. But the good thing about Samson is that although he had no eyes, he already had seen some things. He's seen some things. And while he's grinding in the the mill he's grinding and the mill over 3,000 men and women in the upper part of the of the of the of the the the, the cathedral the place where they're at we're having a celebration to Dagon their God which by the way Dagon God the Dagon was the God of the grain look what the devil does he takes Samson gouges his eyes out and puts him to serve the grain which is the God Dagon the God of the grain that's what the devil does when you allow the enemy to guard your vision you become a slave of the thing that God has called you to be freed from and while he's grinding at the mill and when he's grinding at the mill I don't know what he was thinking but I could imagine he could have remembered I remember when I had strength I remember with when a jawbone of an ass I killed thousands of men I remember I remember when my hair started was growing I remember I remember when mama told me that I was a Nazarite I remember listen when you are at your lowest that's the time to remember remember that you're not in that circumstance for the rest of your life remember that weeping may come in the night but joy comes in the morning remember that he who has begun the good work in you is faithful to complete it and while he's working while he's working while he's working while he's working his hair begins to grow while he's working his hair begins to grow while he's working he can't see it but he has a vision he can't see it but he's got a vision he can't see it Look at your neighbor and tell him, push your way out of that. Push your way out of that. Push your way out of that. I can't see it, but I'm going to push. I can't see it. And while he's pushing, his hair is growing again. And while he's pushing, anointing is coming back. And while he's pushing, he's remembering. He's remembering.
while he's remembering. The devil thought, the devil thought he had it. The Philistines thought they won. While he's remembering, they call for Samson to mock him, to laugh at him, to ridicule him. But while they're doing that, they don't understand that God is using that to position him in the same place where God's going to give him victory. And look what he does. I'm done. Look what Samson does. He can't see. He has no eyes. But he goes and he asks for a young person. He tells the young person, I need your sight. He tells the young person, come here. I don't have eyes. I don't, I don't have eyes, but I got vision. You don't have vision. You don't have vision, but you have eyes. I don't have eyes, but you got vision. Listen to me, church. God has given me a vision for this church. And some of y'all, all you got is eyes. But you don't got the vision because it wasn't given to you it was given to me and when you don't know where we're going trust the vision when you don't see I know this past year for some of y'all this has been a hard year because you're trying to see what God did not call you to see because you don't have a vision there's one vision in this house, not two, not three, not five. There's one. And God is putting me in a place where I need to walk in vision. But then God is bringing you to this house to become my eyes. So that even though when I can't see, I'm going to lead you. Take me to the pillars. Take me to the pillars. I can't see it, but I know it's there. I can't see it, but I know it's there. Do not confuse my absence with lack of vision. Just because you don't see me here every Sunday. Don't allow the enemy to lie to your spirit and tell you God is not here. Pastor's not here. I'm here every Sunday. I'm here through the worship. I'm here through media. I'm here through the pastors. I'm here through the leadership. And you might not see it now, but give it some time. Those of us that were here yesterday at Calvario, God reminded us of that vision. God told us something is coming. So this is what I'm telling you, church. These next seven years, let us walk by sight.